Father. Lord God, we do indeed owe all to you for your great mercy, your great love <sighs> that washes away all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our stuff. Father, we're so thankful for your great love. We're, we're so thankful for the completed work on the cross. Christ, that you came and gave it all so that we may have all. And Father, and this morning we lift up the people in France and Paris, those that are suffering and hurting right now, that have lost loved ones. God, we, we pray for them and we ask that the peace that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, which is found in Philippians 4, would be real to them, God. You have a way of bringing peace in the midst of a storm. You have a way of bringing your great love into a place where there's great sorrow and hurt and pain. So Father, we pray for those that are suffering right now. And we pray for that, that nation, Lord God. And uh, we pray against the evil in the world that's out there lurking about seeking to destroy being the hands and the feet of the enemy. Jesus, you said in John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, you said, I've come that you may have life in abundance. And Father, that destruction and, and stealing and, and, and killing can be physical. It can also be spiritual. It can be on a number of different levels. So Father, we pray for those that are suffering today. And we pray for our communities. We pray for protection we pray for safety. We pray for those that are looking out for us, those that are, that are serving in the military and, and those that are putting their lives on the line every day. Father, we pray for their protection. And Father, we thank you for your great love. And we pray that you would continue to download into us this morning, that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our spiritual ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. God, that you would open our hearts to touch us, that we would walk away changed this morning because we've had an encounter with you. So Lord, prepare our hearts now to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And we pray these things with great expectation in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thank you, you may be seated. Thank you, worship team, great job. At this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth and uh, the student ministry to go on back How's everybody doing today? Oh, there you go. Well, good. I was, I was a little nervous there. Well, great. It's so good to have you. And uh, we're excited about the things the Lord is doing. And I know that he's doing something in my life and in the life of our family. And I know he's doing some amazing things in your life as well. We're continuing in the series Alone with God. And this series has been all about spending time, quality time alone with God. And not just being alone with him, but receiving from him as well. And it's interesting, last week I taught on living a life of power. And Monday morning was one of the worst days I've had in my life in a long time. I know that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are times when we are breaking through. And I think we've been seeing some breakthrough at Life Fellowship. I've told you that I believe that 2015 was going to be a pivotal year for us, and it has been, and it's not over yet, but God has been doing some amazing things. God has been opening doors. God has been breaking down walls, and I know that the enemy would like to see us not live in power, not live in victory, and so sometimes when we're, when we're advancing against the, the kingdom of the enemy, when we're expanding God's territory, it ruffles the feathers of the enemy. And, you know, I don't teach a lot about Satan and, and we don't talk a lot about that because greater is he who is in us and he who is in the world. But we would be foolish to not understand that there is an enemy of our soul. And we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. And so there is a battle going on for you and, and for the people around us, but we are advancing and the enemy doesn't like what he's seeing. And I thought it was really interesting because I just taught on uh, us living a life of power. And then Christine and I were on our way to some meetings in Dallas to a pastor's conference and then some, some other training. And it's like, man, it was, 
I know when it's spiritual attack because I have been under it so many times that I recognize it. And as I've shared with you guys, the best thing that we can do is begin to praise and worship. And that's the last thing that you will want to do. It was the last thing I wanted to do on Monday morning. In fact, I think if my phone would have rang, I think I would have rolled down the window and thrown the thing out the window. I was just, ah, I was just in a bad place. But as I began to put on some praise and worship, ah, that stuff just began to lift. And I could finally have a conversation with my wife uh, as we were driving. And, you know, it's, it's just we have to recognize that the attack of the enemy is going to come, but one of our greatest weapons is praise and worship. So I was thankful that I had that, that tool in my toolbox to pull out and, and defeat the enemy with. God has revealed some amazing things to me in the past week, and he's continuing to bring revelation. He's continuing to open doors. And this morning, I want to talk about, uh, well, I want, let me say this. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you this morning. He wants to give you insight and direction. And this morning, we will be looking at another aspect of spending time alone with God. And it is when we spend time with God, he reveals things. Things are revealed to us. And uh, we're going to be going to 1 John chapter 1 and also the Gospel of John chapter 14 if you want to begin to move that direction. I'm not going to go there just yet. But uh, my first point this morning is God highlights. As we seek him and we spend time with him, God begins to highlight things in our lives. And he begins to reveal things to us and show things to us. The Lord reveals areas in our life that please him and that are a blessing to us. When we walk in the things of God, and I'm not talking about from a religious standpoint or a legalistic standpoint, but I'm talking simply from the aspect of when we walk in the things of God and we follow his commands and we obey what he's asked us to do, we walk, we receive the blessings of God. And so many times God will give us insight and direction and he'll reveal areas in our life where, yes, son, you're doing really good in that. Or daughter, I really like how you press into me. I love your passion toward me. I love whatever it may look like. But the Lord also reveals areas in our life that displease him and are not a blessing for us. Again, I'm not talking from a legalistic religious standpoint. I'm simply saying that when God sets boundaries, which he has, when we stay in those boundaries, it's good. When we step out of those boundaries, it's bad. It's bad for us. It can be bad for the people around us. And, and so God wants to reveal things to us. Have you ever had somebody speak into your life? I've shared this story with you many times where I was working and a, a coworker came to me and said, Mark, you say you're a Christian, but the words that come out of your mouth don't reflect it. I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to hit him. But it changed my life because I realized he was speaking the truth. The things that were coming out of my mouth were not glorifying God. Well, sometimes they were, but a lot of times they weren't. My walk and my talk were very different than what I was proclaiming to be. And so God loves us enough, and I appreciate that man loving me enough, and I think being led by the Spirit of God enough to come and say something to me. And God loves us more than that. So he will reveal things to us sometimes that we may not be aware of, or sometimes we know it. Have you ever asked somebody, you know, to, to critique something and you know you didn't do that well? And they're like, well, you know, you didn't really do that good. And you're like, ah, I didn't want to hear that. I was hoping it was different. But, you know, people, we need to have people around us that will tell us the truth, that love us enough to tell us the truth. And God loves us enough to tell us the truth. Everything that we need is found in Christ. Okay, now let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. In the presence of God, things are revealed because by his very nature, he is light. God is light. And so God is shining the light into our hearts. 
Uh, he's like a one million watt light bulb in a dark cave. I know you've been in those caves where it's, they turn off the lights and it's pitch dark. And then they'll, you know, they'll light a match or turn on a flashlight or something. And what happens? Light dispels. Light pushes away the darkness. And so God is light and he pushes away the darkness. A shadow is something that comes from an object that blocks light. The enemy of our soul and sometimes our own selfishness and sin nature can set up walls to block the light of God. This morning, the Lord woke me up at 4.30 this morning and uh, I was spending time in prayer and God doesn't always wake me up at 4.30 in the morning. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but I, I spent some time praying and I didn't get any great revelation. What I did was I prayed. I prayed for everyone that would be here today. And some of you, I prayed by name because when we're seeking God and when we're alone with God, sometimes God has different ways to speak to us. For me, I'm, I'm a visual person. So sometimes I'll see your face in my mind's eye and I'll pray for you. Or maybe your name will come across my mind's eye. And so God will speak to us in different ways. But I prayed. And as I was praying, because I had just prepared for this message, I began to notice the shadows on the wall. And there were different intensities, I guess, of, of the shadows that I would see. And, um, you know, when I was putting this message together yesterday and, and, and uh, well, last week, um, I was thinking of shadows from the context of being like in a dark alleyway. You know, you've driven past a dark alley and there's so many shadows, it's just pitch dark. But what I realized this morning is there are different variations of shadows because I was seeing something on the wall and the, the color of the paint on the wall looked different. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. It looks like a scuff on the wall. And as I walked and approached, I could still see it. And then I, it looked like it was coming from over here and I put my hand there and I could block it. It was the doorknob. Just the reflection of the lighting was call, causing a different dynamics of the shadows on the wall. Now I could see one shadow where uh, the, the light was just so that the shadow from one of our dining room chairs was, the shadow was on the wall and that looked very different. And it actually skewed the color of the paint or the look of the color of the paint. And so shadows have a way of blocking the light and uh, they can cause us to have a different perspective or a skewed perspective of the truth and reality. Because that one time I looked at the wall, I'm like, that looks like the wrong, the, the wall's the wrong color there. Well, it wasn't. It was just simply a shadow. And so I ask you today, do you have areas in your life that are walled off to God? Are there shadows in your life where you're blocking the light? It may not be complete, but it may be partial. Shadows in our life are places where we can attempt to hide things from ourselves or others and from God as well. I mean, you're not going to do a very good job of hiding things from God because he knows it all anyway. But most things done in secret or under the cloak of darkness or in the shadows are not good. Again, go back to the visual of, of walking down a dark alley. You know, you're, you're, you're tentative, you're pensive, you're, you're concerned. You may even be fearful or scared. I remember um, hearing a story. You may have heard a, a guy named Jesse Duplantis. Have you ever heard of him? He's kind of a short guy with silver hair, real funny. He's a, a pastor and I guess an evangelist that travels around. And he was talking about an experience he had one time where he was ministering somewhere and he had been uh, uh, at this church. And after the service, he went home with the pastor and his wife and they spent time together. He was going to stay in their house. And so they fellowship for a little while. And then he went up to the room where he was going to sleep and he turned off the light and closed the door and got in bed and he began to pray and, and uh, he opened his eyes and he saw this silhouette there facing him, you know, just not very far. And he began to pray. He said, Satan, I rebuke you. Get out of this room. You have no place here. And he began to pray and speak against Satan and tell him he had no authority in that room. And, and eventually he, he fell asleep as what happens when we pray sometimes because we feel the peace of God. The next morning, he, he wakes up and he opens his eyes and there on the wall was this big overcoat. It was not Satan at all. It was a, a, one of those big trench coat things. And my point is that sometimes 
the shadows and darkness can skew our perspective. And that's what was happening with him. Let's look at 1 John uh, 5 again. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Verse six, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not pr uh, practicing the truth. Are we deceiving ourselves? James 1, I think it is, says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, therefore deceiving ourselves. Are we living it? Are we walking it out? Or are we living a lie? We are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. Committing our life to Jesus will cause us to be changed. Why? Because he changes our heart. Darkness can cause us to have a distorted perspective of the truth. The light of God shows us the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And so Jesus is light. He's the light that shines into the darkness. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here. Sometimes someone will remind you of how you bless them. The Lord may remind you of something that, that you did as an obedience to him that blessed somebody. You know, the Lord wants to reveal to us. He wants to speak to us. That's really the heart of this whole series, getting alone with God, is spending time alone with him to get his heart, to have him speak to us, to have him pour into our lives. God shining his light in us should reveal the transformation of our life that has been accomplished through the work of Christ, the work that is going on and the work that has gone on. Are you growing in your relationship? Can you look back and see five, 10, 15 years ago how, you've, how God has brought you along a path of growth? I have, and we should be seeing that. I don't think we ever arrive, but we talk about spiritual growth and maturity is a lifelong process because I don't know about you, but there's a lot of weeds and stuff that need to be extracted from my life. There, there's woundedness in our lives sometimes that we may not even be aware of until God begins to gently pull on that weed and pull those roots out. Have you ever been talking to your spouse or a family member and you say something and boom, blow up. It's like, boom, you hit the button and it blows up. There's something there. There's something there that maybe they didn't even realize was there. So God shines his light and he reveals things to us. It's a good thing. Verse seven, 1 John 1, 7 says, but if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's look at this. But if we are living in the light. So would that indicate that we could be living in darkness? I think it would. But if we are living in the light. So results from living in the light are that it promotes fellowship with others. That's what the scripture just says. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have what? Fellowship with each other. That's very important. That we're connected to one another, that, that we're connected to the body. You were not created to isolate yourself and be alone. You were created to have relationship with the Father and also each other. So the results of living in the light are, promotes fellowship with others, and we are cleansed from all sin through the blood of Christ. And uh, the second part of that verse is, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's look at verse seven again. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we will have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. That's great news. Not only do we get to have relationships, but we're cleansed from all of our sin through the blood of Christ, the completed work on the cross. Verse eight, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. In Romans, it says all have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. So we have there, let me say this, having sin in our life is different from living in spiritual darkness. 
to sin means to miss the mark, such as an archer shooting at a target. You miss the target. You miss the mark. Spiritual darkness can be total rejection of God. It can be a lifestyle of spiritual blindness or or living in darkness. It can be uh, direct disobedience. Without Christ, we are spiritually blind. We were all born in sin. We were conceived in sin. Sin became part of our DNA, our human nature. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin entered into all of humanity. But through Christ, we can be restored back to God. Our sins can be completely forgiven. One of the trainings that we went to this past week, uh, they talked about some of the issues that, that cause people to reject God or, or things that people deal with. And one of the most impacting sessions that I thought I attended was on shame. How we can feel ashamed, how we can be condemned, we can condemn ourselves, or others can condemn us and we, we can live in shame. But shame was never, well, let me put it this way. We were never created and built to carry around shame. Christ took it all on at the cross. And I think there's somebody here that needs to hear this this morning. Christ took it on at the cross. You no longer have to be bound by shame. To live in spiritual darkness is terrible. And without Christ, we are living in spiritual darkness. When we see others stumbling around in the dark, let's be careful about judging them. Because once we were like them, once we were stumbling around in the dark and uh, didn't have the light. So when we see others that are in spiritual darkness, what can we do? We can pray for them and we can gently take them by the hand and lead them to the light. That's the answer. Stumbling around in the dark is never gonna, they'll never find their way out. Let's lead them to the light. You can uh, begin to turn to John chapter eight, the gospel of John. And you may wanna go back and read this chapter later. I'm not gonna read all of it, but I'm gonna give a little bit of background. They bring a woman who was caught in adultery. It says she was caught in the act. She didn't just come out of the hotel room. She was caught in the act. Now, I don't know where the man was. I don't know how he got out of that deal. But anyway... She was caught in the act and they bring her to Jesus and according to the law, the Mosaic law, they could stone her and kill her. They had every right to do that. And so they're trying to trap Jesus and they say, okay, Jesus, what should we do with this this woman? And one of the cool things that Jesus does is he begins to kneel down and he begins to write in the dirt. And we don't know what he wrote But I have an inkling, it was something like, and and maybe he he wrote it upside down where they could read it, you know? He'd be writing upside down. Hey, Ben, didn't you have an affair with Beth? And didn't you sleep with this same woman one time a few months back? Or maybe he wrote, hey, Joe, you're married. What about when you go and meet Julie in the barn at night? What's going on there? What are you doing? Hey, Marvin, I've heard about you and Marsha. And so, anyway, if you remember the story, they all leave from the oldest on down and they all leave and Jesus basically tells her, go and sin no more. Stop doing this. Stop it. Jesus always speaks the truth. And sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. But we should be in a posture. We should say, God, I I want you to speak truth into my life. Because one, I I know it, it, it causes a break in our relationship. And it's not good for me when I'm not walking in the truth. When I'm walking in a lie. So... John chapter eight, verse 12, right after this account, okay, where he's had this encounter with this woman who was brought to him. Let's see what he says in verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. 
Jesus is very clearly here stating that he is the light of the world. I think you got that. All right, it continues on in verse 12. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Okay, let's, let's read this verse again. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, and I'm, that's my emphasis there. It doesn't say that in the scripture, but I'm just kind of adding that as, as emphasis here. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I'm the light of the world. Therefore, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We don't have to walk in darkness because he is the light in us and leads us to life. That's his greatest desire, that we walk in the light as he is in the light, that we not stumble and fall, that we have a, a deep, personal, intimate relationship with him. John 10.10, 10, again, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them, that them is you, me, us, a rich and satisfying life. So my first point this morning is God highlights. Jesus came to give us abundant life. And that's why he leads us by showing us the truth so that we can live that abundant life, so we can walk in the fullness of life. Jesus came to give us super abundant life. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness or unrighteousness. We can freely take our sins. We can freely take our shortcomings to the cross and leave them there. Leave all the shame, leave all the stuff. You know, sometimes the truth hurts. Pain is designed to warn us. Pain is a good thing. Um, imagine that you, you tell your child, don't reach over there and touch the oven because it's hot. They may touch it, but what are they gonna find? They're gonna find that, whoa, that was truth. That hurts. That's not good. So our bodies reacting to pain is a good thing. It's a warning for us. It says, don't do that. Stop that. <clears throat> I remember uh, a number of years ago, my grandmother died. And I believe what happened was that she had a heart attack. And one of my cousins or aunt and uncles or somebody told me that when she had her heart attack and died, that she fell down and she was close to a space heater, you know, one of those heaters in, in, the, uh, uh, in her house, and it kind of burned her leg just from the heat of, of the, uh, the space heater. Now, if she would have been alive, unless she had some kind of malady or some kind of nerve damage or something in her leg, she would have felt that, that heat and known, ooh, I need to back away from that, it's too hot. But she's dead. She didn't feel anything. And so we need to make sure that we don't get to a place where we're not feeling anything anymore, that we have so walled off from God and we're so steeped in the things that have us blinded that we no longer feel the pain, that we no longer feel the heat, that we no longer see the light, but we're seeing the light of God shining in our heart. And God is not shining that light in our heart to hurt us or to bring damage to us, but to reveal the truth to us so that we can walk in the light, so that we can walk in the fullness of life. Pain warns us of a problem. Can, um, you know, pain can be expressed in many different ways emotionally. It can be expressed as anger or maybe withdrawal or maybe aggression. If we see something in our life that's, not pleasing to God, if it, certainly if it goes against the, the teachings of the Lord or, um, you know, one thing that we can always look at is the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit in our life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
If we see something that's going against those things, if we see something that's causing damage in our relationship with him or with others, then we need to stop and look at that and say, God, show me the truth here. What is it that I need to see? What is, what is it that I may be missing in this situation? So my first point is God highlights. My second point this morning is God helps us. He doesn't just leave us stranded. Okay, well, you're going down the wrong path. Oop, you're going to crash and burn. Oh, well, see you later. In John chapter 14, Jesus is teaching the disciples about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 17, Jesus is telling them that he will send the Holy Spirit. This is what, what he says in John 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. All truth. Not just partial truth, not that you have to look behind something because there's a shadow there blocking part of the truth, but he leads into all truth. We need the Holy Spirit. Our soul, which is our, our mind, our will, our emotions, they can lie to us. You know, I was at the store and I saw this person there and they were in line in front of me and I said, hi, how are you today? And you know what? They didn't say anything to me. I noticed they had on some nice jewelry. The lady had on a really nice bracelet and she was dressed well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think she thought she was better than me. I mean, she just, it was rude. I was just kind of really trying to, to reach out to her and be nice and she didn't say anything to me. And what if you were to find out that that woman had just lost her child and she was on her way to the funeral? Or what, what if she didn't hear you? What if? So our emotions can lie to us. And we can take something and make up a story. And come on, we've all done it. Don't be looking at me like that. Come on. You know, you've done it too. Well, I, you know, I'm just mad. I know what blah, 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 blah. And it could be as far from the truth as anything because we make up a story. But when we find out the truth, we may find that we were so far off, we had no idea, no clue. Watchman Nee, I remember there was a story about Watchman Nee. He wrote a, a lot of books and very spiritual person. And uh, they came to him one day, people from the church, and they said, we heard you're living with a woman. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, you're right. And they kicked him out of the church. They were mean to him. He was living with a woman, his mom. So sometimes the truth is not always that easy to discern. So we need to pray and ask the Lord, what is the truth in this situation? Our, our emotions, our desires, our will, our mind will lie to us sometimes. John 14, 21. Those who accept my commandments and, and, that means in addition to, right? Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. So, you say you love God. Let me ask you to prove it. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. If you say you love God, you're going to accept the command. Well, you know, I believe part of the Bible, but, you know, this, nah, I don't believe that. I don't embrace that. Or I'm going to pick and choose. I'm going to cherry pick what I believe. Those who accept his commandments and obey them are the ones who prove they love him. And because they love me, my Father will love them. How is that? Well, because the Father and the Son are one. And we talked a lot about that. They are one. I love the story of when Jesus is talking to the disciples. And they're like, show us the Father. Show us the Father. And he's like, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip's like, well, well just show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. He's like, Philip, hello. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. They are one. Verse 21 continues. Let me, read it. Uh, let me read the whole thing. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And because they love me, my Father will love them. I just said that. Okay. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. God wants to reveal himself to us. Since I'm repeating things, Jesus wants to reveal himself to us. And how is that done? That's through having a relationship with him. Man, I love that 
we can come to this place and we can just be real with God. And I hope that is, is something that you're doing. And that's, that's really the emphasis of getting alone with God is just being real with him. He can, he can handle it. He can take it. John 8, 12. Let's go back to John, the gospel of John 8, chapter 12. Chapter 8, verse 12, rather. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I want to go to uh, Matthew 5, 14. And let's see what Jesus says about you. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Well, wait a minute. I thought he just said that he's the light. The light of God is living in us. Do you, do you understand that? We've talked about this before, but the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You are the light of Christ. He is living in you. He is illuminating you so that when we go out into the world, people should be seeing the light of Christ because he lives within us. I am the light of the world, he said. He continues, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We are the light of the world. So my first point this morning is God highlights. Spending time alone with God, he will highlight things in our life. And also not just with us, but others as well. He will give us insight and direction. You ever need to uh, need some wisdom on how to deal with a situation with your spouse, your child, your co-worker, your neighbor. You know, I, I've shared this story with you guys before, but when we lived in Corpus Christi, we had the neighbor from hell. I, I'm serious. That guy, he was, I think he was possessed. I, I'm serious. I mean, he would, he was crazy. He was wicked. I mean, I mean, Christine would come out. I would, I would leave like at 7:15 in the morning and I would drive by. He lived right next door. I would drive by. He'd be sitting on his front porch as soon as I would drive by, he would go around back and sit at the back fence right adjacent to our house. And when Christine would walk out a few minutes later to go to work, he would start yelling at her and cussing at her. And he would do things like wake us up in the middle of the night. Uh, we, we all lived on a half an acre lot. And uh, he, one night, he pulled his truck up, in, you know, not on our property, but right to the edge of our property in our front yard, turned his lights on into our bedroom, started honking the horn, got on a bullhorn, and this was like three o'clock in the morning, and starts yelling at us. He, he would, uh, um, he, he had like a, let me use one of your drumsticks, man. I haven't been playing in a while, man. I've got a beat on something. Uh, he, had, he had these uh, like clothesline poles. You remember those? There were poles in the ground. And you had lines running across. He would go out there. Well, this doesn't, this doesn't do very good justice. It was more like that. Like at three o'clock in the morning, it's not right outside of our window, but it's pretty close just to wake us up. And one day, oh, oh, here's another thing. We had a porch light that was not like a million watt light bulb, right? It was just a normal porch light. And so sometimes if Christine would be gone, I would leave the porch light on for her so it would be on when she came home. And he came over one day, he said, I don't like your light shining on my property. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, it's not shining in your, in your windows or anything. But what he was really saying is he didn't like the light of God shining onto his property. He liked being in the darkness. And you know, like I said, we had a half an acre, and so I had a riding lawnmower, and one, one evening uh, or afternoon, I was out there mowing, and I was crying. I, I, I was liter literally crying. I said, God, why? Why is this going on? Why us? Uh, and what the Lord spoke to me was, he hates you. He hates me, and you are a representation of me. He hates me. And so... The interesting thing was, I guess, that we were supposed to learn something from this, this experience. About a month before we moved to Houston, he died. And I'm like, really, God? Now you're going to kill him? 
Couldn't you have killed him like 10 years ago? Uh, I'm sorry, that's probably not the right thing to say, but that's what I was thinking, honestly. And, you know, his son lived across the street, and I just, he, he picked up the same mantle. I mean, I remember going out there, his, his son was walking uh, down the street to his, his parents' house after his dad died, and I, I went up and I said, hey, Chuck, I just wanted to say I'm really sorry. And he started cussing me out. And I'm like, okay, that won't happen anymore. He doesn't have permission to talk to me like that. And I never spoke to him again. And shortly after that, we moved to Houston. But I, I don't know really why I shared all that, except that this man was a man that lived in darkness. And it was passed down to his son, he was living in the same darkness, and they needed Jesus. They were, li- they were living in spiritual darkness, and there was light that they could have come into. They could have come to Christ, but because of the hardness of his heart and, I don't know, demonic oppression or what was going on with that man, he was stuck in a place. And, you know, we prayed for him a lot we prayed for them a lot. And when I think of his son, I still pray, pray for him. I pray that he'll get saved. But my first point is God highlights. My second point is God helps us. And my third point is that God comforts. When I was riding on my riding lawnmower and God spoke to me about this man, that he hates God and he hates me because I represent him, that helped me. It really did. It helped me to get out of this place of thinking, that, that he was just coming against me personally. He was really coming against God. Those kinds of things will help us. They will give us a broader perspective because that was the truth. That was the truth of the matter. And I could have looked at all these other incidents and I could have focused on those and I could have made up my own story. And believe me, I made up some stories through that situation. But the truth was he hated God and he was taking it out on me. The Holy Spirit is referred to as our comforter. As God exposes our issues and the things in our heart, he can then begin the healing process. You can't fix something that you don't know is broken. God walks with us through the healing process. God walks with us when we're going through times of trial and tribulation and hard times where God is revealing something in our life, something in our heart. He doesn't just shine the light and say, oops, look at that. You got a problem there. He walks with us to comfort us and get us through those seasons and helps us. Psalm 32, eight says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Would you like to be led along the best pathway for your life? I know you would. I will advise you and watch over you. That's the kind of loving father that we have who wants to guide us down the best path for our life, who wants to advise us, who wants to watch over us and take care of us. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, I know you're familiar with this. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What does he say next? Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you. And what does he say at the end of that? He says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. He has not left us stranded. He has sent the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. God highlights things in our lives. God helps us as he reveals those things to us. And then he brings comfort where we're needed, where it's needed. When we take time to get alone with God, he speaks to us. He can speak to you differently than he speaks to me. He, can, he speaks to me in different ways. Sometimes, like I shared earlier, I'm visual. So I'll see maybe your face will come across my mind's eye or maybe your name. But sometimes God will speak to us through a scripture. Sometimes I'll hear that small, still voice speaking to my heart. But the key is that I have to get into a quiet place to hear that small, still voice. He shines his light into our lives. 
He may bring fresh revelation. He may give us fresh insight into something that's going on or something we need to know. He reveals his truth. Sometimes we buy into the lie. Sometimes we make up a story or sometimes we'll buy into a lie of the enemy. Lies misrepresent the truth. And if you think about, I thought about this example too. When Satan came to Eve in the garden and he said, he posed a question. He said, did God say you can't eat of any of the trees in the garden? No, we can eat of all the trees. Just these two trees we can't eat of. So even a partial lie causes distortion. So Satan is the father of lies. So let's allow God's light to shine the truth into us, into our hearts. That's why we encourage you to come to Wednesday night Bible study so that we can dig down into the word of God so we know what we believe and why we believe it. It's a great place to grow and allow God to continue to work in our lives. That's why we want you to come on Sunday morning so we corporately spend time in worship. And when we hear the word of God and our children are being trained up and equipped and it allows us to serve. You know, one of the greatest ways that we grow in our relationship with the Lord is through serving. And so the teachers back there that are teaching our children are learning and they're growing and our children are learning and growing. Last week when we were at some of these meetings, we had an exercise where we took some time to allow the Lord to speak a word over us. And this morning, we're gonna take some time to do that. I want, I want every one of you to close your eyes right now. And uh, we're, we're not gonna have any music or anything for just a couple of minutes. And I want you to ask the Lord, I want you to ask him, Lord, what do you wanna say to me right now? Maybe you have a word that you wanna speak over me right now. Maybe you wanna speak to me. Maybe you wanna share something. And say, God, what do you have to say to me right now? Please, if you would, just continue to stay in your posture of hearing from the Lord. Maybe this morning you've realized that you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Maybe you had one at one point in time. You've walked away. Maybe you've never had one. And God is beckoning you this morning. He's calling you back or he's calling you to him. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? There's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive. Anyone else? Come on, this is a safe place. Maybe God is shining the light in your heart and... you've raised your hand, I'd like for you to just pray this prayer. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning. I yield my life to you. I take all my sin, my shame, my guilt, whatever that looks like, and place it at the cross, and I leave it there. And I ask for complete and total forgiveness for everything that I've ever done. I pray that you would remove the spiritual darkness from my eyes and that I would see the truth, that I would see the light, that I would see your truth for what it really is and that you would bring my life into alignment with your word, that this would be a new day for me, a fresh start. And I thank you for that. I thank you for this fresh start today. Your word says I'm clean. All that old stuff is washed away. I'm made new, and I thank you for that. And I receive, I receive it all this morning. In Jesus' name. I only saw one hand. Was, was, was there more than one hand that went up this morning? Okay, I want to pray. I want to pray one more prayer. I want to pray for this lady. And Father, I pray or for anyone that, that raised their hand. Father, I pray the power and the fire of your Holy Spirit would fill this lady. God, that you would fill her to overflowing with your great grace and your love. 
and that she would experience you in a fresh new dynamic, God. That she would hear you clearly and that you would speak to her heart and that she would respond. And God, that you would just pour into her in a powerful, powerful way. Lord, because it's all about a personal, intimate relationship with you. And I pray that she experiences on a level that she has never, ever experienced it before. Father, we pray with expectation and we thank you. The worship team's gonna come up and, and just sing a song that's called Your Name. Well, let's just proclaim the name above all names. something here. Uh, did did the Lord give you anything? Did he speak a word over you? Did he give anybody something here this morning? If, if you didn't receive anything, don't get discouraged. Just get, you know, find some time to get back into quiet time with him and just get alone with him. His name is the name above all names. And, you know, he's spoken names over us. Uh, this past week, 
Uh, I want to have a ta moment here. If you're new, that means it stands for transparent, authentic, and honest. You may be seated if you want. I'm not going to get fired, too fired up again here, but I'm going to go a little bit longer. Uh, and one of, the Lord, one of the words the Lord spoke to me was lovely. That was one of the words that the Lord gave to me. And when I think of the word lovely, I don't think of, you know, I don't think of that being a word for a man, you know, but that's how God sees me. I'm lovely to him. You know what another word he spoke over me was cherished. <laughs> that's not exactly a word that I would choose for myself. See, God looks at our heart. And God may be speaking things over you that you may be thinking, oh, I don't deserve that. He may be, think, may be speaking completely forgiven. And you may be thinking, my name is shame. And he's saying, no, you're my daughter. You're my son whom I love dearly. You are cherished. You are lovely. You are valued. You are important. God loves you. And if you don't walk away with anything else this morning, walk away knowing that he loves you, that you're lovely to him, you're cherished, you're valued. And take some time and say, God, speak your word over me. His word is loving and gracious and kind because he's a gracious, loving and kind God. And he, he doesn't judge us the way that other people do because he's got the light and he's shining the light on our lives. And he's saying, ah, oh, I see what's really there. I'm seeing a person that I love, that I really desire an intimate, personal, honest, authentic relationship with. You can believe that today because that is the truth of God. No matter what you believe, that's the truth of God, that he loves you deeply. One other thing I want to close with, last week uh, we took up uh, an offering. I, I shared with you that, that we were supporting, the Lord had led me to support 30 pastors for a year in India. Um, and uh, the, the, the Lord spoke to me and said that we as a church, Life Fellowship, were to give $5,000. And so I challenged you guys to give above, above and beyond your tithe. And uh, we had more expenses than the 5,000. The, the uh, 3,600 goes to support 30 pastors, or I'm sorry, 10 pastors at $30 a month for a year. So that's $3,600. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, give an extra 1,400 to bless this man, this pastor from India that came. And we had other expenses that I did, didn't tell you about because we put him up in a hotel and we fed him and we took care of him and blessed him. and. Uh, I was, I want you to know, I, I appreciate your obedience because I, I don't, I didn't look at all the numbers exactly, but I think you guys not only gave the 5,000 that the Lord told us to give, but you gave above and beyond that. So I think all of his expenses were covered. And I just want to say thank you. I think that's only the second time where the Lord has given me an amount that we were to bless somebody with and that you guys responded in the manner that we met that number. So I just wanna say thanks. Thank you so much. And I want you to know, because I think that should be encouraging, that uh, you guys, I'm hearing from the Lord, you're hearing from the Lord, and God is providing. And like I was sharing last week, God is doing some amazing things. And one day we will be in heaven, and I think we'll be able to look back and see the fruitfulness of, of our giving. And, and really, it's just obeying God. God makes it happen. And so I want to say thank you for your obedience. And as you go out this morning, remember that his name is above all names. And God has spoken a name over you. It's a blessing. It's lovely. It's cherished. It's not shame. It's not guilt. It's not condemnation, but it's love. And allow God to shine his light into your heart this week and reveal the things and the areas in, in your life where he wants to help you in those areas. Will you do that? Listen, we've got a great opportunity this week to go out and live it, to touch a lost and dying world. Will you do that? Go out and live it. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning.